Hi, welcome to Rational in Portland. I'm your host, Karen. Today, I have high-profile professional Jennifer and philanthropist and professional Amanda to go down the ballot. We're going to go through our Democratic primary ballot, and we're also going to talk about our Republican gubernatorial pick. If we had a Republican ballot, we all vote in the Democratic primary uh, because we're all registered Democrats, but also one of the reasons that we're registered Democrats and this year, I think acutely, actually in the last couple of years, we've all felt the, the inclination to move pretty far away from the Democratic Party. But um, I think in Portland, and we discussed this in more depth in the episode, it that doesn't make a lot of sense because usually the person that you elect in the primary is the person who goes through to the win ultimately anyway. So if you want to say, I think it's useful to be a Democratic voter in Oregon, which is a, like it or not, city-state, and Portland really kind of does determine who becomes, let's say, governor. Um, and, and I think that's why we've had this slew of Democratic, and I think this last one uh, is, you know, she's universally reviled. She's consistently voted last on the U.S. governor's list. I, th- I think she was just wildly far left and out of touch, and, and I think a lot of that is was unfortunately driven by Portland. So stay tuned for our picks. So are we just going to proceed Let's through just the go ballot? Down the ballot? Does that sound good? Yeah. Well, sure. the one thing that I feel like we should address, I, I just want to say, like, do not vote for this fucking Carrick Flynn guy if you are in the if you are in that new district. And what's his story? He's a crypto. He's a, no, I don't think so. He's a dickhead who went to like Yale Law School and he's worked as like a research assistant in two organizations. Um, so why he has the hubris to think that he should be um, a U.S. Congressperson, having done basically two like interny seeming jobs to me, is just mind-boggling. But he has been tapped and funded by the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, as I understand it. And anyone they're tapping and funding is not the guy for me. Yeah. So I- anyone. Yeah. But that jerk off. There's is, one federal seat where it's like anybody could have won it. Like only, I, th- I think maybe they, there's only two people running. And it wouldn't show up on our ballots, why right, isn't if it's not anybody, our district. I, I know people are in love with Ron Wyden, and that's probably why nobody's running for a seat. But you, they could fall in love with somebody else. A populist-type person with a personality? I think that, that, well, so certainly no one is running against him in the primary because it's such a losing battle. And I'm, I mean, well, there are people running against him, but, like, no one's Well, yeah, the Dems aren't going to back you. They're going to back him. Right, no one credible is, and and anyone who runs against him would run from the left, I believe. Yes. Well, yes, and that's where we'll start. So we're looking at the official primary nominating ballot for the Democratic Party in Multnomah County, and I think just to address this, a lot of people have been asking me, and Jennifer. High-profile Jennifer, I might add. Low-profile Amanda. (laughs) High-profile yes. professional Higher-profile Amanda. <laughs> She's and above me in the profiling. Oregon, <laughs> Portland, Oregon patron Amanda, who's literally financially supporting this city. Basically matriarch of the entire Tri-County area. I mean, oh, they should so replace the Oregon. Portlandia statue with a statue of Amanda wrapped in a toga leaning over the building. Agreed. <laughs> a, like a huge one. Like a, as big. <laughs> or bigger. 
So I think they have been asking me, and they've been asking Jennifer, do we go, should we register as independents? Should we register as Republicans? We're fed up with the Democratic Party. I would advise against that living in Portland because you're going to want to say, and whoever's in the Democratic primary is probably just going to go on anyway. And it's, it's, I mean, at this point, it's too late, but I think if you do want to have meaningful input into local elections, state elections, you really do need to register for the primary as a Democrat, and you can change it. You know? At any time, very quickly. I mean, not now, but, but but whenever you want after this session's over. But and if it, you are registered through Motor Voter, you just are independent. You're not registered with a party, which means you don't get a ballot, which means you get no influence. Sure. And it's it's too late now anyways, yeah. even if people did want to want to switch before the primary. it's right. That has closed. But for the future. Yes. So that's why it's we're working off the Democratic Party nomination form because the three of us are registered Democrats we want to say in elections um, and so it just hasn't occurred it did occur to me to switch to independent and I did it for a second and then I realized I'm not gonna have a say and I needed to switch back so I've got the Democratic ballot in front of me and we're all voting for Ron Wyden because there's just nobody else no and the, the two people I mean if you can't even put together an articulate semi-credible statement for the voters pamphlet you don't deserve the vote of anyone, even when the option of Ron Wyden is not, in my view, ideal, Agreed. but he is what he is. And I do have to say that every big ask I've ever made of his office for clients, they have come through. Can in you a, give us an example just sure. to make people feel better about sure. themselves for circling in that um, oval? So I represented a woman who um, was married to, in my opinion, the worst most dangerous domestic abuser stalker period he's a gazillionaire and he's been able to buy his way out of this he he still stalks his first wife who divorced him 25 years ago and i was trying to get the feds to prosecute and they were stringing me along stringing me along and through a lot of backhanded channels because it had to be a separation of powers issue ron sent a letter to the to the US, to the U.S. Attorney of Oregon um, on behalf of his constituent, my client, asking for an update and asking them to do, do their job, essentially. So that's one. Um, the other is that he, they were able to get, this is in the time of Trump, mind you, an emergency visa for a Mexican national to come to Portland to be with her terminally ill brother before he died. And I can't tell you how hard that is to pull off especially when trump was in power so i mean those are the two that come to my mind i think that's great that's really helpful and that makes me feel good filling in that oval so next i have u.s representative fifth district kurt schrader jamie mcloyd skinner kurt schrader has problems but i'm voting for kurt schrader oh my gosh yeah that that his competitor strikes me as a kook and isn't she the one who's endorsed by like the public employee unions yeah so that tells you all you I mean, anyone who is attacking from the left, who is attacking a Democrat from the left, we, and I guess I should say this, is our endorsement of any of these people is not an endorsement for the general election. It's just the stepping stone, I believe, that we think is necessary to get us to better choices in the general. Yes. yes. Yeah, that's right. I think we need to be clear about that. that We're not saying we're going to vote for these people in the general. No, and I thought Schroeder was pretty centrist. I thought the left didn't like him. Yes, that's correct. I mean, if you look at... There's a fair amount of criticism online. So when I 
I actually don't know much about him, but when I did research for him, on him in anticipation of this podcast, there's a fair amount of, my radar went up because there were a fair amount of left-wing takedown pieces on him, um, which tells me he's pretty moderate. And that's why he's vulnerable for Portland. So he has a 100% rating from Planned Parenthood Action Fund, Vote Climate Pact, Clean Water Action. So clearly he has got his lefty credentials. But Jamie McLeod Skinner, his competitor, is supported by SEIU Oregon, Oregon Education Association, which is our teachers' union. Forget it. Oregon Nurses Association, American Federation of Teachers. I mean, right? Is all we need to know. Yeah, she was on, I think you, didn't you do a tweet about this, Jennifer, where you, the Portland party, you retweeted, did you retweet the teachers' endorsements? Mm-hmm. Oh, as I, just I sort of like, this is who about. you don't vote for. Well, it's, it, a, it's become a meme. Oh, oh, I know. And, and it's, it's... Like it's a joke. It's it's great for Renee because I, I feel like I spend half my day on Nextdoor and Twitter defending the accusations by people who, who didn't do their research, didn't, didn't actually find out anything on their own, but heard from someone that he's an anti-vax yeah. nut job, which is, couldn't that be That he's right-wing, right. that couldn't, he's a Republican, that he's mega. And so it's so it's so great, because whenever on Nextdoor someone starts in on that, I just post that picture of the Portland Teachers Union endorsement and say, if anyone wonders why we get a little irritated when we hear criticism, untrue criticisms of Renee, this is why. And it's changed people's minds. That's interesting. Because they, they, I mean, they endorsed uh, them, Willamette Week, and the Mercury, basically like, do do they want to die? It's a list of who not to vote for. It absolutely is. So I have a different uh, U.S. representative because I'm in the first district, and I have, that's the Suzanne Bonamici seat, and then she's running against Scott Phillips and Christian Robertson. One of these gentlemen didn't, or I assume Christian's a man, didn't get his act together and even submit anything. I'm voting for Suzanne because it's a purple district anyways, and she has been very good on, I think, a lot of um, low emotion issues like job training. You know, she's she's really good on that. She also is excellent, I think, on the her office with the responsiveness mm-hmm. to constituents. And, I, you know, I will, I suspect, that's a big deal in the general. I think she's a good representative for or- Oregon, and she's pretty moderate human being. I agree. Being. I agree. I don't have anything um, negative. I've, I've never experienced anything negative in terms of her decisions. or. Okay, so at this point, we're in the primary, we're endorsing Suzanne Bonamici for the primary. Yes. yes. Next, uh, if nobody has anything else, I've got Governor. Ah, uh, yes. And I've got Tobias because Kotek cannot same. advance. I've got Tobias, and I think um, I think we're all on the same page, and we're all Betsy Johnson supporters um, so are. to me, this is like if all hell breaks loose and the people of this community decide to go for the lefty again, I think it behooves everybody to have it not be Tina Kotak, who I think is where the unions stand poised to dump a ton of money. And If they haven't already. Tobias is not an electric human being, um, and it, I'm, I'm somewhat... An understatement. Yeah, and I'm somewhat confused as to 
why he wants to be governor. Um, I mean, he, he does, you know, the Willamette Week critique is that, you know, he's the kid who's always running for student government and really doesn't know why. I mean, it seems to be a summary of their critique, and I think that's... That might be something that they've said that's actually accurate. Yeah. Besides the Nigel Jocko's pieces. <laughs> yeah. So, so and he's fabulous, and just a side note, don't understand why he still works there. Yeah. I mean, he is fabulous, but aside from him, that criticism right. of Tobias Reed might be one of the most accurate things yes. they've said. Yeah, I think he likes being the big fish, and he doesn't need the money. Yeah, it, it, I think he does. I think like that's being great. The well, that makes fish. sense. So we need somebody sensical over there. And but smart. he's very, he's very left, and so he picks and chooses the scandals uh, that he wants to investigate because the the nonprofit grifting thing is right up his alley. I mean, that is, right. if it was, if it was. Right. Nonprofit grifting it is annoying on the other that side. He hasn't covered that yet, and I, he's not going to. I, 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 I wish he would, but I just don't see. I don't see him doing that. So we're endorsing Tobias Reed at this point. Although for, I, I think right Betsy. now we're all ultimately going to vote for Betsy. But, this but is she's going to bypass the primary, yeah. so she's not on this ballot. And th- and that will give us potentially. I mean, I also think it'll send a message to the Democratic Party of Oregon if Tina loses in the primary yes. that. Maybe they need to recalibrate. They won't get the message, but the message will be out there to be heard. I'm concerned that based on this draft, SCOTUS opinion, I know. there will be more of a rallying cry for Tina, but I'm not buying into that. Uh, Tobias Reed is perfectly pro-choice and doesn't violate that abortion stance in any way. She's She's gotten virtually no endorsements from other elected leaders or former elected leaders and she blames it on oh well when you do your job and put the people first you're going to rub people the wrong way i don't think that's anything i think no, they it's don't because want you're kate more. brown's protege that's and right. kate brown is the most unpopular governor in, in the, the, in the in country, country and has been right. for a long time it's just more of at the same l- at least six well, months well more. she's endorsed by seiu oh well great and it's the all we need to Teamsters. Know. That's all we need to know. And the Oregon Education Association. Right. No, she's she's um, and Pat. She's a shell. I've been surprised how many people that I know that are card carrying, you know, hardcore lefties, who really dislike her and mm-hmm. and say and I haven't had. This On what basis? They think she's really dishonest. Um, About and, what? And totally unprincipled and calculating. If I got into the stuff I had heard, I would be, I think, kind of revealing the people involved. Oh, okay. Um, but people seem to Personal think, experience. Yeah, that you, that you can't trust her, that she'll say she's, you know, standing by you. And that, to me, is, you know, I, mean, I assume there's Part some of element of that in poli- every politician. Bill Clinton was a master at that. I'm surprised, though, how many people say that about her. It's it's just kind of makes me think, like, oh, my God, you have shitty politics and shitty character? Ugh. Well, and ultimately, if you're a good politician, people fall in love with you despite that. Bill Clinton, Barack Obama. If, if you're a statesman type and you're a good politician, people will fall in love with you regardless of your empty promises or your glad-handing or stuff that is clearly fluff or a puff piece to somebody because they're, you're so charismatic, and that is definitely... To me, that's not her, and it sounds like to maybe other left-leaning people, she's not the person. So that's I, good. I just can't believe that 
someone is advising her to make a big deal about the fact that she would be the first lesbian governor of oh Oregon in 2022. Oh my God. Nobody cares. Being a lesbian, being gay is not a it's not a disenfranchised community anymore. It's I don't care what it's anybody half the says. People I know. Right. It's it is it is <laughs> yeah. nonsense. In and Portland, yes. If that's what you think and half, you need. More than half of the teenager teenage girls oh, I know. They're all <laughs> Who isn't? What? It's ridiculous. Don't queer get me started has on become, that. Queer has become a virtue signal for I'm straight, but I'm an ally. Right. Right. I wish I could summon the energy and interest She's to a. be a lesbian. <laughs> is what queer <laughs> <Yes>. is. <laughs> yeah. I wish I didn't think having a girlfriend that's, that's, would just not be that great. It is. It is. She. I mean, anybody who thinks... That what we need in Oregon is the same plan, right? Has not been paying actually, attention. Well, actually, like, I think why it's are worse. You listening to this podcast, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I assume we're cre- preaching to the choir. On Ooh, but the- I we're do. not. We're not. We have a lot of relatively far left listeners. Okay. Like, I want to hear like from them. I want them to message the you. Police, they do abolish the police type listeners. So my issue for for that crowd on Tina Kotek is. We have watched our legislature pass, I think, law after law that are really hard on small businesses. Um, You know, the Oregon Workplace Fairness Act, the Oregon Family Leave Act. Conceptually, these are are decent ideas, but they create this morass, this statutory morass that are very hard for small businesses to comply with. and And then we don't have resources available to small businesses to comply without paying for an attorney to help them comply, which most can't afford. Uh, so I, I, I object to her short-sightedness and lack of support of, of those entities. Um, I also think like doing things like passing the Oregon um, Paid Leave Act, which essentially puts in, in place an unemployment-type system that applies to a whole host of things, when we don't have the infrastructure to do it, which makes me think that she's just in. So it's right now they've pushed it out another year for being enacted. I think she's way more into grandstanding than solving real problems. And I think the way she chooses to, quote, solve problems is largely on the backs of small businesses and entities that are providing jobs and hence taxpayers. And I I, I think her, um, she strikes me as being very uh, demonizing of of capitalist enterprises, yeah. and that's just not my jam, and no. it's not, it doesn't work with a um, that you can't run a society on those concepts. I'm so tired of that sentiment in this city and the state. I'm so tired of this implication being that money equates bad bad person. I mean, I that's what AJ McCreary says all day yeah. publicly. She doesn't care um, this resentment. You know, instead yeah. of go out and do it like. You know, carve out a, a, a job, a, a career, a company, whatever. And, yeah, I mean, the Multnomah County extra taxes to small business owners, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Oh, it's absurd. I really it, should consider moving my office. I know. Well, it's hard. because of that, we are getting out of Multnomah County. We, we, we will be relocating to unincorporated Washington or Clackamas like a lot of our colleagues. Right. Because... This is unsustainable and insane. My accountant's been after us for years about it. Like, mm-hmm. are you stupid or something? I grew up in unincorporated Washington County. That's 
what I would do. I would just move there. Yeah, I mean, that way you have a Portland address. Right. And the, the clients need that. But you're not, they don't, my clients are injured people who do not want to be downtown. Right. They cannot ambulate on the yeah. sidewalks because of encampments. And they're scared. Yeah. I bet West Slope is really affordable. That area. I'm working with Mike Maloney to ah. help me find <laughs> Is he a broker? So Shout out to Mike Maloney. He is our, is our, uh, uh, our friend right. who will be joining us at a social event coming yes. up. And he's on the board of Rose Haven, and he does commercial and residential real estate. And he's Bob Maloney's, attorney Bob Maloney's son. Okay. And he's like a best, I uh, allegedly he's, Love you, Mike. Allegedly, he's straight, but he's like a best gay girlfriend, honestly. <laughs> I should um, connect him with my brother, who's a commercial real he's estate guy. Amazing. And always trying to do deals here so he can get he's back He's smart. More. He's personable. He's no nonsense. I can't wait. I've never met a real estate and, agent and, like that. And we think he's straight? Well, yeah. He yeah. Is. Oh, 100, I mean, 100%. the only reason I know him is because he 100%. Met no, he is totally, like, friendly and nice. A and female yeah. friend and was dating her... Her buddy, and then he got her in the divorce. Never so that's met, the only reason I met him. Never married, no kids? Correct. Yeah. And, and does he, is he interested in like meeting someone? Like a George someone? Clooney type like confirmed bachelor. Vaguely open to the idea. Right. He's Agreed. like Bill Maher? Yes. I think that's right. Yes. Yeah, he is that actually is totally a lot like right. Bill Maher. <laughs> or, or, or Clooney before he met, like, the most... Amazing. Right. I know that's like, so obnoxious. Yeah, like, do you have to is. make the best choice first, you asshole? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So my state representative for the forty-first district, uh, I I voted for Mark Gamba. So you, I Is learned it, about where, him through you, Jennifer. Where are him. you? Are you on? Well, I'm right after governor, and you probably have a different, have a different state rep. Yeah, I've got Elizabeth Steiner, Hayward, and, Matt, and I've got people without competitors that aren't worth talking okay, about. Okay, so I've got 41st District is Coleco Castile, Mark Gamba, or Christopher Dross. Mark Gamba is the current mayor of Milwaukee. Yes. And I learned about him from you because he was criticizing Portland's garbage and trash problem, and it's something that nobody else wants to talk about. Coleco is... A.J. McCreary with a penis, Ugh. so that's a no. And Christopher Drouse is has a bizarre social media presence, and that's about it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my understanding. But Mark Gamba is, although I, I don't know that I'd pick him out of a crowd to do this job, he, he, is cert- he has said things that I agree with, which elevate him above anybody else. In case in point, he is very vocal, and has talked to the media about how Portland has got to rein in this garbage problem. So I'm voting for Mark Gamba for 41st District, and then it sounds like these other people y'all have on your ballots don't have challengers. Yeah. My next one is Bully. Yes. Bureau and of Labor and Industries. I've got Christina Stevenson, who I know personally, but I don't know, is an attorney, and although my understanding is although she leans left, we're endorsing her because she's the smartest person on this roster. Yeah, and I think Bully, I mean, I have honestly thought about running to be the commissioner of Bully on the platform of disbanding the agency. Yeah. You know, that because I think it's so horrible. I do too. And it's this weird, it, it, there's a lot of arbitrary oh, power. I'm salivating now that you <laughs> said that. Is it a two-year term or a four-year term? I don't even know. You but uh, but to. honestly, the there's so much 
arbitrary power that can be utilized by the commissioner of the Bureau of Labor and Industries and Radovakian, God knows, utilize that arbitrary power in the worst way. And I think that's ultimately why he lost his stepping stone seat. Right. And, because he was Dennis so Richardson. universally reviled. Yes. He lost it to a to a right of center person. Right. Which you to would, a Republican. Which would never happen in Portland. And it only happened because he was universally reviled. Right. Right. And um but she is a very competent, um, I think a very fair minded person and um and, and very just very smart and and she's uh, very smart. Yeah. So and I, I think the other people who are running are just like I had um, a case with her. I think she's a really, really good lawyer. And I think she's smart and yeah. I think she's sensible. So and I, I know her because I had a graduate teaching fellowship to go to law school and she was in the same program. And she was she's younger than I am, but I know her from those circles. So she's she must be smart enough to qualify for a tuition free ride to yeah. U of O, which isn't, it's not Michigan or anything, but it's, it's something that's free law school. Yeah. I did some work with her in connection with efforts to make headway on the statutes banning non-competes. And as a relatively conservative person, I dislike non non-competition agreements because I think they, they create a false sort of market. You know, they're, they, I think excluding people who aren't in good bargaining power from future employment is not a great thing. And she just, in connection with that, she showed she's a very um, incisive thinker. I mean, she's definitely smarter than probably anyone who's ever held that job. So I think that's right. Yeah. So so I feel... In recent memory, for sh- and the people oh, we've God interacted knows. with yes. who have headed up only for sh- a million yes. percent on that. Yes. And it's currently Val Hoyle and Brad Abak. I mean... It's 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 gone left, it, but there's also some problems like their investigators are just uninformed, and tend to be overly employer um, biased, which is bizarre. Um, I, I think she would bring some coherence and and focus. And I actually that is weird because so their investigators are employer focused, but Bully yeah. itself is so employee focused. So there's this weird division yes. then within that agency. Yes, and it needs to be just sort of straightened out. I think. And I want to talk to her. She's called me, and I've I actually was thinking today, like I need to call her and just say, look, one of the things Bully used to be really good at that it doesn't do anymore is help small businesses with legal advice that they need to comply with the law so they don't get sued. To me, that is a nonpartisan, important thing to have happen. And I think she would. she's the type who would be totally open to that kind of thing. She's that's not, what they should yeah. be doing. I mean, exactly. That's, that's, that's what they're, exactly. they, should, yes. they should be. That's who they should be serving. Yes. Okay, my next candidate is judge for the Supreme Court, and it's I've got it as unopposed. Yeah, well, there's a whole bunch of judges that are unopposed, and I so think... So we're just going to skip Yeah, them. in general, I think I think these judges are generally, um, certainly all the, the Multnomah there's nothing to County and Washington County. Because there's nobody to write and They're in, also all pretty good judges. You I know? wrote you guys Not in Not all, all of but... Them. but, but <laughs> hilarious all the fourth district ones (laughs) i should have done that so so next i i think one the one the one contested judgeship is ortega versus vance day judge ortega is the incumbent on the oregon court of appeals i know her very very well personally i do think she I, i i may get some pushback here i i think she's a very good judge 
Um, Vance Day was criminally indicted, but not ultimately charged and has a storied past. And I know there are a lot of people listening to this that are inclined to vote for him. Just based on my experience as a lawyer, and I worked at the Court of Appeals for a couple years, one of which Judge Ortega was on, and that's where I got to know her. And she's a University of Michigan alum. She's very smart, and she writes very thorough opinions, and she really does work hard. Now, personally, you may agree with her. You may disagree with her politics because she is very far left-leaning, but her I don't think her opinions reflect that. Okay, good, good. I mean, I haven't – she's – I've never seen an opinion where I've been like, who wrote this damn thing? No, and in fact, um, many, there were some, when I was there a million years ago, there were some conservative judges who would only hire relatively conservative clerks, and she she never, like, disagreed with them on principle. To the extent she would disagree with them, it was always on the basis of legal arguments, in which case she was usually correct, because she's actually one of the most credentialed people on that court, she didn't, she could have, I mean, she grew up in banks in poverty, and she totally, her trajectory is that she went to George Fox. Her trajectory is that she totally probably should have gone to a regional law school, but she was just so much smarter than that. She ended up at Michigan, which is Amanda's alum, and it's a top-tier school. It might as well be Ivy League. So she's like, she reminds me of Christina Stevenson in that sense. I think she's done a great job as a appellate judge. I think her opinions are sound and well-reasoned. And to the extent you disagree with her personally on her politics, um, because she is more further left, I just think Vance Day would be. I thought he. Well, he was he, he was I suspended I think for she quite runs, a while. He was. Yeah, no, he's, he's I think got, she runs circles around him legally. Okay. And and, and the fact yeah, but I. I I think we're 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 good. Yeah, I, he's too friends. I, all you guys need to do is Google Vance Day. Yeah, right. there's no benefit. Ten thousand hits should not come up. Right. When you're a state a court judge, county true, judge, yeah, you should not be covered that much in the media. That I wonder is who a represented him. I don't know. I don't but know. Yeah, either. I say no. So no. my next contested race is Multnomah County Commissioner Chair, and I'm voting for Shariah Mayfield. As I am I. too. And if you, I'm, this one, the challenge to me is that Jessica Vega Peterson is so bad and so more of the same, and but, she's likely to. So this is expected to be a runoff, mm-hmm. and so it'll be the top two. I think if we can get Shariya into the top two, that's flipping awesome because then she'll get attention. I think Lori Stegman is, she's a sitting uh, city council, I'm sorry. That's the problem with her. She's sitting. That's the, right. It's sort of like it's, you are tarred by the work, so-called work that the Multnomah County Commission has done. If, If we don't vote Shariya in, it is expected, I think, that Lori and Jessica Vega-Peterson will be the top two. Really? Because my understanding is it'll be Sharon and Jessica. Sharon Mirren, who's an Yeah, ER I know. I. Oh, so you've heard more Lori. Yes. I know Lori's fundraised a sort of staggering amount. In any event, if we can get Shariah Sh- in the top two, I think that would be huge. I-, I would say don't be dissuaded by her unusual photo in the booklet. <laughs> 
her photo in the booklet, she's like looking off into the, you know. You know, she she is like Judge Ortega in that you need to, you guys, we need to be pragmatic. Jennifer's Twitter handle is a is PDX Mott, right? Mm-hmm. P- yeah. PDX P- pragmatist. pragmatist, right. Oh, and so the whole one. driving force behind a lot of the people, well, I think all of us sitting here today is how do we get a better Portland? And in some ways we're going to have to, you're just going to have to like, be on the Democrat, Democratic primary. Vote for Judge Ortega. Vote for Shariah Mayfield. She may be left of you personally. Right. But Thanks. she is far better than right. Jessica Vega-Peterson, Lori Stegman, Sharon Mirren, and these two nobodies, Bruce and Joe. Yeah. The, the women, the issue with the women is they're all currently sitting, and they are shoving us further into the sewer that we've been in. And Jennifer, you convinced me of this because I heard Lori speak with Amanda, and she... She was interesting, and interesting enough that I, I, you and I had a conversation about it, Jennifer, and you said, fuck those people that are currently sitting on yeah. Multnomah County Commission, and I think that's right. That's and, the most damning aspect of And that. they will all stay on the commission. Everyone, this is really important. I want to say two things to your listeners. For those mm-hmm. of you- They will stay on, they just won't be chair. They won't be chair, right. And, so, and the chair sets the agenda. That's right. And so- And controls the budget purse strings. So if you want more money going to the homeless industrial complex, go ahead and keep voting for these people who are currently serving. So that that's really so for those of you who do like Sharon Mirren and and you know and like some of the things she's done, she will stay on the commission and as the only other person besides Sharia that I think looks at the homeless problem sensibly, the two of them can work together uh, to get things done. Well, and if Sharon was so sensible, she is an ER doctor. Right. She is, this idea that she has been disempowered or disenfranchised and hasn't been able to speak her mind all this time, this was my biggest criticism of Lori when I met her. The idea that you have, that you're willing to, like Lori was willing to go toe-to-toe with the ACLU, and I was like, look, the idea that you're willing to do that, but you haven't done it up till now because you haven't been chair, is insane. What is the point of being on the commission if you can't speak freely? You are an elected official. Nobody but the public can take you down. Speak truth to power, right? I mean, isn't that what Portland's all about? Speak truth to power to Deborah Kafori. Totally. The other thing I want to... What's wrong with these people? That This idea that, that, well, Deborah was in charge and we had to do what Deborah said. No, you don't. You work for us. Tell it, sister. <laughs> yes. Um, the other thing so that you touched on, I want to emphasize to all of the people who are listening who are right of center or center, I am begging you to not vote with your emotions, but vote with your brain and think sensibly. And you know we're not going to turn this city red, or certainly not overnight. So please... Be pragmatic. Be pragmatic. Don't leave off voting. I've heard a lot of criticism about Shariah. I'm not voting for her. She's too left for me. She believes in abortion, yada, yada, yada. Okay, who are you... Who, who do you want to put in that position, genius? Because right. Joe and Bruce ain't going to win. I don't right. know their politics, but they're not, that's not viable. Right. That's and, not happening. And you know what? She's got balls. She's, she is, I, I trust that she does not, will She's not willing care. to speak up. Right. She, and she has. 
Did I send you the most recent uh, where she called it out and she said, I'm going to be the only one here apparently who's going to speak honestly. She is. In the debates. Yes. And the Oregonian, both the Oregonian and Willamette Week credited her for that. Yeah. Which is so funny. For speaking up and making sense and answering questions directly. And they both criticized Sharon and, and Jessica for not answering questions directly. One of the most ridiculous things I, I've seen is that the Oregonian in their endorsement, they did not endorse Shariah, but they said, if we were to base our decision on how well the candidates interviewed, then yes, it would be Shariah. I'm like, what are you talking, isn't that and the reason what? they did, they stated for not endorsing her, the reason the Oregonian stated for not endorsing Shariah Mayfield for Multnomah County Chair was because she lacked like quote-unquote experience. And I'm like, that's the best part about right. her. We it, don't need people to keep shoving us into the sewer here. No, this this is the experience uh, that you want. And can I just add, if any of you know Sam Adams, I really would love to hear him have a conversation with Karen. I really would. Tell her how we can get him to come in because mommy's not happy with we him We follow right now. each other on Twitter. So, Sam, okay. if you're listening, let's talk. Come in. Let's She'll talk. be nice. Nicer than I would be. Okay. My uh, next... Oh, can, I'm oh, sorry. Oh, Before we do that, I think we may have forgotten to address the Republican... People who are um, registered to vote Republican in the governor race do we want oh, to address that at all sure. the drazen drazen i would I, w- I think is so clearly the most agreed. moderate and and sane that's a good point thanks amanda and for she's also the right. only republican who's holding elected office in the tri-county area which means she's a, a quote portland republican you know which to me that that's that's going to be a Democrat in most states, mm-hmm. but she's there's some real wackadoos on the clown car that is the Republican primary ticket, much like the you know much like the Democratic side, but but I think she has if our choices in the end were Tobias, Betsy, and Christine Drazen, oh my God, like finally we might be we okay. a return we might to be some okay. sanity, like it might not be your person, but it's not going to be. A completely insane person. So I would encourage Christine Drazen on on Agreed. that side. Is it weird that we don't have a deputy governor or whatever it's called? Yeah, another? it is. So so the person who steps in, I mean the the it's way the Secretary that Kate, of State, right. Secretary of State, which is basically an audit function. How Brown how Brown got in? Yes, and and it is weird. I I, I don't know that there's any other. Well, that's what Brad Avakian was running for yes. from Bully that he lost to right. the Republican. Right. I mean, to have a Republican a, yeah. in second place to Kate Brown. Right. I mean, what a contrast and what a mandate to do right. something different. Right. Or, or did, but I think his mandate was mostly not to be that shitbag Brad Avakian. That, Where did he go? <laughs> what happened to him? Um, he is working as a mediator, although who the heck would pay him to mediate a case? It's a defendant. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he's living on uh, who god knows what yeah drazen i think for sure and i you know i do i do have work concerns about the vote splitting issue with betsy um yeah we've been getting a so we'll talk about commissioner in a minute but we've been getting a lot of questions hard about the renee vadim race against joan hardesty and the governor race 
between Betsy Johnson, who's an independent, and Tina Kotek, who's the sort of the Democratic favorite, um, and whoever the Republicans pick, we think it should be Grayson. But ultimately, we think the Democrats should be Tobias. And then, of course, there are questions about whether people like Tobias and Betsy will will split the vote, and whether. I, or, or or whether Betsy and whoever the Republican is will split the vote. That's the biggest concern, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But let's have it not be some issue with... I mean, I think everyone's got to do what they can with their ballot to not have a crazy, right? So, Christine... Well, yeah, pra- pragmatism says you pick the least crazy person, even if it's not your person. Yeah. And make sure that your robotic Democratic friends listen to this podcast because... You need to educate them about why we have to shake things up and that why it's not good for them or their families to do the same thing we've been doing in this state and this city for the last decade. Well, you know, Stephen Cox said, and I thought it was so good, he said, the idea that Portlanders are okay is ludicrous. Right. He just said that. Yeah. And I, I, I think that's right. This constant left-wing refrain about how Portland is thriving and we're doing great is that that is the current people who have put us in this position wanting to stay in power, period. It's That's nuts. all that is. It's we propaganda. Even, we even lost our standing as the best airport in the country, probably because before leaving airport property now, you see tents yeah. on the property. My kids have a friend who plays flight simulator video games mm-hmm. and in the port pdx flight simulator no. you fly over tents no yes you fly over tents that they're is... in, they're in the flight simulators that is oh because they're so real and if you the flight these flight simulator games are very realistic they might even be what i was showing them to my husband who does aviation law and and he thought they were very similar to the kinds of ones that the pilots use and they show tents because you need to reflect the area you're flying into. So that's where we're at. My next person is uh, for the contested race is Multnomah County Sheriff. Right. And so I am a strong support for Nicole Morrissey O'Donnell, who would be the first um, female sheriff. She's currently the undersheriff, which is second in command. Um, she has something like 30 years of actual policing under her belt as opposed to like administrative type jobs my understanding is that there's some credential that, uh, that yes she Peterson would have to get you know to serve in that she has it um I, he seems like he's mostly an administrator I, I'm sure that he's good and solid and I've I've, I've seen him, him his advocacy for himself I just I think Nicole Morrissey O'Donnell, who's also married to a law enforcement officer and who is supported by our prior DA, Rod Underhill, is it is a um, vote in favor of law enforcement and and law and order. Can I look at the the section on her? Sorry, no, it's okay. I should have brought my thing. Find it. Yeah, Um, for me, one of the driving factors for voting for her is that she already has the certification needed, meaning that's how interested she is in that job. She went back to like a cop boot camp, even though she was in some elevated position to get this certification before she even ran. So she will be ready to go from day one. And she has experienced frustration. I heard her speak, and she's experienced frustration as a civilian. With nine one one wait times, 
And she was, it was busy when she tried to call something in as a civilian on a weekend. So she completely understands the frustration of Portlanders with all facets of this system. And she has experience, she's currently the undersheriff. So she has experience working with Multnomah County to get money and get funding for officers. And we're, we finally turned a corner where it's not unpopular to fund officers. I mean, thank God Biden stood up in that State of the Union and said, fund the police over and over again, because that mm-hmm. was exactly what this city needed right. to get its brain screwed on. So she is she can communicate with the county, and she has experience communicating with the county to get money as the undersheriff, and I appreciate that. And her endorsements are very uh, impressive. I mean, she has a lot of endorsements from very well-respected law enforcement people. Well, I think Sheriff Reese mm-hmm. endorses her, and mm-hmm. I have a lot yeah, of respect a lot for of Sheriff Reese. other Reese's. local law enforcement endorses her. Mm-hmm. I, and I think um, that at least one of my principles is I'm not going to vote for people based on gender. I'm not going to vote for people based on race. Um, I think she stands on her own merits. There's something kind of interesting and uh, about a woman making it to the top for the first time to the sheriff job. Um, sheriffs are really accountable to nobody, which is kind of an interesting thing, except the voters. Um, and I think somebody with her level of, you know, she just strikes me as a, a low ego person who will be accountable to voters and who's in this for the right reasons. Um, the sheriff's office also runs the Multnomah County Corrections facilities, so that's an important job. There's just, all, I think, all kinds of reasons to vote for her. Agreed. Do either of you know what jurisdiction Multnomah County responds to as opposed to Portland Police in the crime yeah, investigation? Yeah, she talked about that. They do searches in the gorge right. for people. They've been taking they go on more. way too many places. Yeah, they, they, I think, have essentially taken on the policing for, like, Troutdale. And, and TriMet. Yeah, yeah. Everything the city has abandoned, they have taken They've on. They've picked up. Yeah. But she's been there, yeah, she has 25 years of experience with, uh, with the sheriff's office. I think she's um, really, really solid. It's interesting that it, that race is usually not a big contested thing. It's interesting that it is... Yeah, I mean, I wonder what prompted either of them to really feel. Well, I think my understanding is they have a history of competing for the same job. Ah, yes. but she's they, above him. Did they? Yes, well, yes, yeah, she, got the she is. Job. And she also apparently there's like tests or something that they take for, to place into various things. And my understanding is she has tested more highly, you know, demonstrating a proficiency with the knowledge and concepts than her competitor Derek Peterson has. I'm sure he's. Great, and I hope he'll run for something else for right. God's sake. Um, but she's our vote. Does she for this. live in the community? Do you, does she talk about that, or do you know if she actually? Lives I believe she in did. I'd County? be shocked if she didn't live. In I Multnomah I County. think she does because she's experienced Multnomah oh, right. County as a civilian. Yeah, right. So she must live in the county. Right. Yeah. It might be a requirement. Some it positions are, but I just didn't know yeah, because so know many law most law enforcement. Do not live. live. outside. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so my next contested race that I have on my ballot is City of Portland Auditor. And I have Simone Reed and Brian Setzler. And just looking, I don't know anything about these people, but it seems to me that Brian Setzler is to the um, 
left of Simone Reed. That's how I read this thing. And I also, it makes me insane when people put in their occupation, dad, which <laughs> Brian had. Brian's a dad. Oh, it's great training <laughs> for any job. No, it's just so friggin' stupid. Like, stop it. makes it. me think of Rochelle Walensky speaking as a mother. <laughs> is the, is I'm like, yeah. you, you are paid to speak as a doctor, man. Right. Can right. I hear your thoughts as a, as doctor? a doctor? Is one the incumbent? No, I think that they're both. I think this is an open seat for some strange reason, although I don't know why I think that. But if you look at um, she, the, you know, I don't know. Simone is endorsed by Amanda Fritz, which I consider a mark against her. Absolutely. Um, but, you know, he's endorsed by the Pacific Green Party, the Oregon Progressive Party. Hell to the no. Yeah, it just... Um, if there's one position we want to not be far left, it's given the again, lack of oversight and transparency. It's the auditor position. I mean, we want someone who hopefully is going to go in and say... We've been asleep at the wheel for the last 10 years and start looking into this nonprofit stuff. Wake up. Yeah, mm-hmm. it'll probably be you know, a fraud yeah. no matter who we put in it, but she seems a little more I think a him. lot of people in this, in this race, or in May, in this month, are doing two things. They're, they're voting for the person who is the furthest to the right, and they're voting for anybody but the incumbent. Yeah. Um, I can't tell you how many times a day I see vote them all out, vote for everybody that's not an incumbent, you know. Well, that's why in the last mayor's race, I think Sarah Yannarone, who proclaimed I am Antifa, almost won. Right. Because she wasn't Ted Wheeler. Right. And people were so unsatisfied. Right. Yeah. So then we go on to the city of Portland commissioner position too, right? Is that what yes, is that's next what on I have. yours? So that's Dan Ryan's seat on city council. And this is your big, well, one of two issue, yes. Jennifer. Um, so I'm I'm voting for Stephen Cox, um, who I am too. who some of you have, you heard recently on his episode with Karen. Um, I I am going to be the first one to say that he is green um, and does not have a lot of experience, but. As I've said before, what impressed me... I like his experience in HR, though. No, that's good. He doesn't have government experience, but to me, good. Well, and what what I think is a plus, a big plus, is that he has repeatedly said from the beginning that he is going to use his budget wisely to hire the best consultants and staff, not the 25-year-old wokesters, um, and that he... uh, he likes to not be the smartest person in the room, and he wants to surround himself with... And he with, wants to be. He right. wants to not be the smartest yeah. person in the room so that he has experts that he's listening to exactly. and relying on data and metrics, exactly. which is something the city has never done. Exactly. And he has an actual concrete plan to address the homeless problem that is... That won't cost us a dime. Right. Right. That is makes total sense that allows for repurposing... Uh, once the issue is no, you know, what once these shelters are no longer needed, but he is also the only one willing to say, yes, unfortunately, if someone is a chronic trespasser who refuses to go to shelter, who refuses case management, and they come back to camp, we have no choice but to prosecute them. Duh. I mean, five years ago, that would not have been a controversial thing to say. 
And now it's all this concentration camp nonsense and you're criminalizing people. Yesterday, we heard a speaker, a ridiculous speaker, who basically talked about a case a case that came out that said that all you three cannot... All were there. Yes, we were all there. You cannot punish someone for being in, a, in an involuntary status. What he failed to point out is when you are homeless because of addiction and your decision that you don't want to do what you have to do to get out of that, that is a voluntary reason. That's not involuntary. I think that ruling is nuts. Amanda and I were talking about that. We were talking about how this this court ruling that says if you don't have a specific mens rea to commit to engage in an act, then you're free and clear, is seems to let everybody off the hook from pedophiles to homeless people who are hijacked by addiction and mental illness. And it's not the standard anywhere else. I mean, honestly, we had there's criminal environmental statutes and some person who's not part of management is dumping something and the 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 corporation doesn't have that. It's still it's still criminal liability, right? right. Like I, it, it, it's I don't know. It, it's I I mean this is where I feel like God yeah. I hope there's some sanity that gets introduced. To so the, for those of you listening, you know, Stephen really needs help, both okay. money and volunteers. He has lawn signs that he needs people to put up and flyers. He needs people to drop on doors. So just going back to Multnomah County Chair, so does Shariah. So does Shariah, yes. and and Shariah is um, she dropped off signs here the other day. So she. She dropped them off herself personally the other day. So she will come and drop signs off for you personally. Oh, just, I should take one. Yeah, just message her, get in touch with her, email her. Or when when is this going to air? Do you know? D- uh, today or tomorrow. Oh, great. Okay, so, so we're this Sunday this on Wednesday, May fourth. So what is what date is Sunday? Can you tell me this Sunday? I think is it the ninth or the eighth? This is so sad. So, uh, I have to look. Sunday is uh, Monday the 9th. No, eight, eight, the 8th. Okay, Excuse me. so this Sunday, Sunday is the eighth. this Sunday at 1 at Migration Brewing, which is on Gleason and like 28th, you can Google the address. Um, this is where my group has candidates come every other Sunday. And this Sunday, there's going to be someone talking about the charter reform stuff. But I know that Shariah will be there uh, with more yard signs. You can meet her. You can talk to her. She'll stay throughout the meeting. Stephen will probably be there as well with, you know, swag or whatever you call it in the political game. Um, And these meetings happen every other Sunday. We'll probably take a break after the election. But but come out. A lot of people from Twitter came to the last one. Which migration brewing is the common question I get? On Gleason. It's on Northeast. So Northeast Gleason and 28th. Um, I'm trying to think of a landmark that's nearby there. No, that's good. That's all they need. Okay. Yeah. Um, and um, you can meet high-profile Jennifer. I mean, she'll have her bodyguards and her team with her. But um, <laughs> but if you can get past my guys. The very attractive female with the six-deep security team Kardashian style rolling around Migration Brewing yeah. is Jennifer. Wearing, wearing very dark sunglasses. And a fur coat, not a faux fur, a fur. So the six deep security guards are to protect the fur coat from PETA and Antifa throwing paint on it. Yes, ma'am. 
I'm not really for ahead. me personally. I'm one step ahead. Okay, I, I'm also voting for Stephen Cox, and I'm excited to do so. And those of you who have not heard his episode should go listen to it. It's I'm trusting y'all because yeah. I tend to think like you all do. I mean, it looks like on this thing, I don't know if you want to say anything about the people that you loathe, um, uh, Jennifer, but... Um, I mean, this Sandeep Bali also looks like he'd be a reasonable, uh, you know, yes. the, end the urban camping. The weird thing about him, though, is he started campaigning like 10 days ago. I mean, oh. he has okay. he has been completely radio silent. Okay, so that's not good. That's my frustration with Lars Larson, because he featured Bali, but he hasn't featured Cox. Really? Interesting. Yeah. and I just find that strange, because they're relatively aligned. Yeah. And even though Stephen may or may not be a Democrat, the Lars Larson show is a Portland-centric show. So if you know yeah. if Lars is at all interested in any kind of and, uh, pragmatism, well, who he knows, would feature Stephen. Who Cox. knows Lars Larson out there, or who has a, a way to contact with him? Because we need to get Stephen Cox on his show or get an endorsement from him or something. So I know somebody knows Lars. So why? So Free I mean, Oregon endorsed Stephen Cox. Oh, that's so good. So any of you. Right-leaning people that are listening, Free Oregon did endorse Stephen Cox That's right. yesterday. That's right. They you were told in touch that. with Rosie, and Rosie is a big Stephen Cox supporter. Rosie was on one of our episodes. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. So I think with with the right team and people advising him, w- which he's he will assemble himself. Yes. And I, it's yeah. not just he's open to that. That's on his platform. Yeah. And he's a really really nice guy. Um, Gay man who grew up in a rural part of Oregon did not have a, the easiest of childhoods and created a life for himself. Has been married for a long time and um, and is the centrist we need. Yeah. So next, I have Joanne Hardesty's seat, which is City of Portland Commissioner position three. I'm voting for Renee Gonzalez. The question on everybody's mind, I know, is isn't whether to vote for Joanne. It's e- even. My far lefties have messaged me and said, I am not voting for Joanne. Do I vote for Vadim or Renee? And I right. and I think the question is why. Um, well, should we do a beat on just, like, why not Joanne Hardesty? Sure. I why mean, I, 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 who knows? Maybe someone's tuning in to no, we should. the world. Attention. So well, and I think she has a very good campaign. So let's – and she's the incumbent. So let's talk about why not Joanne. Well, I mean, here's the best example – uh, this past weekend, uh, she sent out a tweet about um, white supremacists coming into the town trying to cause problems for Portlanders, when in fact what happened is that a gubernatorial candidate had a small, a very small, I don't know, meeting, a gathering. Campaign event. A he campaign was giving event. a speech with an amp and a mic. Right. right. Uh, very low low-key event, and Antifa, all clad in black, with black face, show up. They threw feces yes. at women in their 60s. I mean, they were all the people there looked like, you know, your grandmother's neighbor. I, it was it was a very mellow group of mostly, you know, middle-aged yeah, to older people. This was not people. a patriot prayer no. fest. This was not a proud boy rally. No. And, and that's, this was mostly rural middle to low income Oregonians. Right. And I think the authoritarian left who just does not believe that if you don't believe like they do, that you should have any voice, right. any ability to gather. I mean, these are people who are violently opposed 
to the First Amendment, and I don't know that she goes that far, but only in this frigging lily-white state would this big of a kook be able to exploit her race to get a position that she's just not qualified not, for. Not remotely. She, No, like I always say, when, whenever people like try to argue race, she would not have won if she hadn't been black because right. the, even though the media buried it, she has a history of financial uh, being nice, um, impropriety that some would argue would be criminal conduct. Well, she she was sued by her credit card company and didn't even show up to defend herself because she was self-admittedly at the casino at the time. Right. And, and, and when Willamette Week endorsed her, they acknowledged uh, it was it read like a national lampoon article they acknowledged every flash she had including falsely accusing the police of setting the antifa riot fires of 2020 and then having to walk back that back after ted wheeler said well you're the fire commissioner it's beholden upon you to now open up a file and start investigating this she had to walk that back publicly completely inefficiently because then the file had to be open it was a complete nightmare and she was at the casino at the time of this hearing to defend herself against this bank that was her credit card company that was suing her, and she didn't show up, and they won a default judgment. And as a lawyer, if you can't or as a functioning person, your personal finances, most people do not end up with default judgments. And if you can't organize and deal with your personal finances, should you really be trusted with hundreds of millions of dollars? And I mean, to me, this is why if I needed a tax lawyer, I would not go to somebody who's under indictment for tax fraud. So I, I just think she is um, a fringe human being. Also. She certainly, she lost me, frankly, long before this, but how she was crowing about the need to defund the police, and then she's calling 911 because she's having some personal dispute with her Lyft driver about whether to have the window up or down. And if if you are... On the way home from a casino, in the heat of lockdown, by the way. Right. And she was out of state, and the rest of us were locked in our homes and told we couldn't get a turkey that fed six to eight. And she's just, like, her sense of entitlement um, and the way she, I think, throws her weight around on her sort of personal little uh, stance like this is just shameful. And she's everything that's wrong with, I think, government generally, but particularly Portland government. And there are two important things to point out. First of all, never forget, she is suing the city that she is in charge of. She is suing the city of Portland and the police union. And before someone says, well, she's only suing for a dollar, outside counsel has already been retained because obviously the city attorney's office cannot defend in this case. I would guess, let's, let's assume that there's no settlement uh, paid uh, from the city. I would guess that by the time this is done, what, maybe $250,000 in attorney fees at, at conservatively? It's going to be a lot Very more than that. So that's our money. That's our money, okay? Um, and I have no idea how it works with the police union, if they're on their own or they're considered 
under the umbrella of the city. I, I, but I don't, I don't know that that's not the case. So, so that's the first thing. But the other thing is, because I know that there are people who don't like her, but who are very concerned about police reform, and they feel strongly about and that's some why Lama Week endorsed her. Right, and and they feel strongly about this need to do something differently. And so, she and our amazing media for the last month have been touting the amazing success of Portland Street Response. And so everyone needs to know this. First of all, she didn't create that. It had already been in in the pipes get, get, being doled out before she ever came to be. But I read the entire report, PSU report, that studied the success of this program for the first year it was happening. Okay? So they can only respond to calls when someone is not suicidal, not threatening, not committing crimes, not a danger to themselves or others, and is outside. That is the scope of responses they can respond to. Of the less than 1,000 calls they responded to in the first year of operating, they could not locate one-third of the subjects who were the source of the call. So they went out, they get a call, there's an unwell man having a psychotic episode on salmon and tent, they never found him. This, the next third of the people who they did contact, they took no action. There was no follow-up, that was the end of it. No hospitalization, nothing. Um, 3.8% of the subjects they responded to were hospitalized or received follow-up care. Now, you tell me, if that report was about a private business, do you think the head of that business would, stay, would, would be able to stay in power? I mean, that is not success, people, in any fashion. Even if their responses were more successful, the scope is so small, it has right. nothing to do with safety or crime prevention But that was touted in the media as basically a win, That's wasn't right. it? That's oh, right. Google every story is, is that it was so successful. I could not, I, so I'm reading these articles and I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to read this whole thing. No, and this is why, honestly, this is why people are tuning into podcasts like this, right? We have to they resort figure out to what the hell is going on. That's to right. Figure out, and, and then go to the, the primary sources, figure it out, and tell each other because you cannot trust the media to give you the you straight can. goddamn scoop. And if you need any further evidence of that, it's the Willamette Week endorsement. That's right. And, right? This yeah. is like... The most insane bullshit I've ever encountered is the Willamette Week endorsements. And you are right, Karen, when you said that um, basically when you read what they're saying that's positive about people and why they're endorsing them, it sounds like reason to throw them out the window. And they can't even put enough of like a gloss on that to make half it sound like a legitimate choice. Half was about her problems. Right. At least half. My, my thought about that is that the whoever the team was that decided – were in a long-standing fight about it, that there were some people that were like, we cannot endorse her, and that was the cons- that was the deal they made. The people it's that like, wanted we'll her were honest. like, we'll, be, we'll, we'll put out the bad stuff. If, can we just go with her? That, that That's the only rational, remotely sane thing. I, I mean, I, I can't... And then, I mean, we'll get to the next um, seat in a minute, but um, the Teachers Union and the Portland Teachers Union and the Mercury are endorsing A.J. McCrary. <gasps> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Who's running against? And the teachers union is endorsing 
um, Hardesty, if, if people wonder why so many of us have pulled our, ki- our kids out of PPS, just look at the who the, the teachers union is endorsing. It is it, it is like a joke. I mean, you, you, you can't, it, they are basically confirming that they do not care about kids whatsoever. Got her lineup of people who are her, quote, trusted endorsements are such a she also received half a million dollars from the city of Portland in 2021 for her nonprofit. Never filed a 990. This is AJ. Yeah. Okay. okay. Sorry. We're yeah. Now you're getting sound, ahead yeah. of ourselves, but because okay. um, that that woman I could talk about. Well, her. and the idea, this Fakakta idea that Renee and Vadim are not pro police accountability is ludicrous. Vadim is on the police accountability team. Yeah. So oversight. now He's we're, on the we're leaving. Team. Why not Joanne Hardesty and moving yeah. on well, to... Well, I think we've exhausted that. Yes, no. So now we're moving on to who we do right. like. Thank you for clarifying. Right? That's right. Please, 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 people do not vote for Hardesty. Yeah, right. So Whatever you do, just Just throw your ballot it. away. Honest to God. Just throw your ballot away. If you just... Just please. Just throw it away. So, so I have just filled out my ballot... I, we ha- you have two good choices, right, for the Portland uh, City Commissioner position three, currently held by Joanne Hardesty. I mean, potentially the two best candidates we've seen for a city seat in 20 long years. Time. Ever, yeah. Really ever. I mean, it is. And, you know, this is so Portland, the, the incestuous, incestuousness of Portland. Renee has always pulled slightly ahead of Adim, so obviously Do it would you know not why make- that is? I think he just presents better and is more clear and is less myopic when he speaks about issues. But that's just my armchair psychology. I think he's more. I think he's more relatable and approachable, especially. Renee. Yeah, I, I, I think people like the fact that you know he has a business background that he's he has. There's no cronyism. He doesn't owe anybody any favors. Whereas Vadim, who again, don't Vadim get me wrong, sits on a lot of committees. Lots. Yeah, he's been very entrenched in in city politics. Um, but the, you know, classic Portland, Vadim's campaign manager is super tight friends with Dan Ryan, which is why he didn't switch. I mean, it's like, really? I know. Um, and yeah, why? I think he would win against Ryan in a heartbeat. I, I know he would. So I just, I am praying that whoever doesn't win will run against Carmen Rubio in two years because oh she God. is Joanne Hardesty II. Oh my God. Um, I remember when you heard her speak two years ago, Amanda. And oh just, my God. She's so intolerable. And she sits there... I mean, if you're ever driving down the highway and there's just, like, a cow standing by a fence staring at you with this, like, blank look on their face, that is fucking Carmen Rubio. Like, you can tell her all about your problems as a business person downtown, and you just get that dumb look, and then you, you know, it's just like, mother of pearl. She doesn't care Lady, about, yeah. listen. Yeah. These are your constituents. She didn't give a shit. But I can't. She's. I can't figure out why she's in that seat. Yeah, she I brings can't. nothing I, to it. I can't either. I and and except she except a lefty vote every time. She is radio silent. I mean, on, on everything you, you except uh, deputizing park rangers to take <laughs> over police <laughs> right, right. jobs, only to have the park rangers give an exclusive to the Oregonian about how no one on the city commission consulted them about that role. And what a good way to get a park ranger killed. Can we knock it off and stop acting like it's okay to send essentially you, me, or Karen into these dangerous situations, ill-equipped to deal with them? It's a dangerous situation out there. 
and, and stop acting like we're going to throw some people to the wolves and it's going to be fine because you're not increasing brutality. It's just, I think it's insanity. There are we can, many of situations where the only suitable response is a law enforcement response. And most most of those situations occur within city limits, unfortunately. And yes. most of them you don't know. Because we've such a high population of P2P meth-addicted people, fentanyl-addicted people, and psychotic people right and, and you don't know till you get in there whether you right. need i mean it's not like any officer ever goes into a situation except a hostage situation thinking there's a good chance i'm going to use my gun it's there jennifer as a criminal lawyer you'll know this most cops say domestic violence calls are their scariest calls right yeah, yeah. it's not a bank robbery it's a domestic violence call those are the scariest ones yeah and those are the ones that everybody just goes, send a social worker. Yeah. So I think it would be helpful, because you guys have followed this so closely, to speak to why Renee over Vadim a little bit more. Because I think a lot of people... Sure. A lot of people in the, I would say, like, head screwed on, reasonably crowd in Portland are on Team Vadim. And I yeah. think they got on Team Vadim before Renee was even on the scene. Mm-hmm. So having really looked at them both closely, why Renee, whom we support, versus Vadim? Well, and another, really quick before you start, Jennifer, because I think you're actually the most knowledgeable about uh, distinguishing between the two. One criticism that I've gotten of Renee is that he's not strong enough against Mike Schmidt. And that the deem is stronger against Mike Schmidt, the DA's shenanigans and failure well, to prosecute. Well, this is complicated because, again, we're dealing with multiple jurisdictions. Mike Schmidt is Multnomah County. Uh, where, where, where the county commissioners have been on that is, like, I, I have no idea. Um, let me start with uh, Amanda's question. I, I feel, after thoroughly vetting both of them, that... Renee is just more likely to represent my interests and my family's interests. What we need, what we want to happen to the city. I think someone who is, you know, a dad with, with raising kids in this city, who has a business background, who is an outsider, um, who's not, you know, friends with everybody and having to like make all these agreements. Um, I just that that's my sense. Obviously, if Vadim was running for any other position, he would have my vote in a heartbeat. Um, but I, I, I just, I, yeah. I mean, I just feel, I, I just feel like Renee is going to get in there. He's not going to care when they start making excuses. He's not going to blame the county like Wheeler does. He's going to get in there. He's going to hire the right people, and he's going to figure out. All right. How do we fix this and let's do it, you know? I think he's a also a positive and optimistic person who yeah. is going to be – that can probably be said of both of them. But um, but we're for Renee. I, I like Renee because he was the head of the group – I think it's called Ed 300 mm-hmm. – that was in charge of opening yeah. – basically getting the schools open yeah. back up. If it weren't for people like Renee Gonzalez, ladies and gentlemen, those schools would still be closed. Oh. Mark – my yeah. words. Oh, absolutely. And absolutely. I, and that was all Renee. And he I, was willing I to be the front to of that. Who worked with him, you know, as parents who were really positively impressed by him uh, and, and the leadership that he showed. It's also for those of you who just love um, 
identity politics. Uh, it is interesting that he says on his ballot, my father started as a migrant worker. It's true, yeah. He and through me hard work became a prosecutor and trial judge. I will bring the same determination and backbone to the city council, um, which I actually think does say something about his values and his understanding that you that it's going to require a lot of work because God knows this city is going to require a lot of work. And my hat is off to any sane human being. And, and you know, he has a successful uh, professional background. Yeah, he doesn't have to do this job. Right. I mean, it actually is very impressive to me that he's willing to give give up the what seemingly charm life that he has to engage in this kind of public service. I'm, and and he is he is um, an attorney, which is always an added right. plus. Vadim is too. Is oh, too. right, right, right. It, I Vadim's a disability that. judge. Yeah. And he's Ukrainian, which I think is timely. And I and I just want to add to that. One thing that I'm looking forward to when whoever of the two gets in is that I think I, I counted, there are 46 city attorneys. I'm like, what are they doing? What is the city attorney's office doing? What are they doing about prosecuting? Because there are city criminal ordinances that they could be right. prosecuting. They could be contracting with the jail and saying, okay, Schmidt's not going to do it. We're going to do it. And Kind of like Multnomah County Sheriff's does. That's they right. They could take it over. That's right. They could have their own court system. I mean, and it would not, it's not that crazy, like Beaverton Muni. Beaverton Muni has a robust criminal prosecution where they have their own little court yeah. and if you get yeah. charged with various misdemeanors in Beaverton you don't go to Washington County right so that's what yeah my hope is and I'm going to talk to Renee about that or Vadim whoever gets into power that that's what what I think is the most pragmatic okay let's talk solution. about Metro Council President so I went to Jennifer's organization Portland Party and that's why I went to that website and that's why I'm voting for Elisa but tell us why to vote for Elisa well, the woman she's running against, I can't remember her Lynn name. Pe Lynn Peterson is the Deb Kafori of Metro. She, she is. A, she got fired from her position, and in, in, she was in King County, Washington, in the Seattle area. She was like the head of transportation, and she did such a bad job that for the first time in decades, the the um, the House uh, representatives fired her from that position which isn't something anybody talks about she is one of the people that calls the portland people for portland dark money and has publicly uh, slammed them which is just ridiculous she is all about the status quo all yeah about no she is and I've, I've seen her i've met her and seen her speak and I think she's a competent lady in that way of multnomah county competence that you know, Deb Kafori is like, she's very well versed in all this stuff. I mean, first of all, I think it, it makes sense to point out that, you know, Metro is this regional government entity. Um, and why we need a third layer of government entity is beyond me. It's a disaster. And, and they have misman they have done worse than anybody in terms of um, mismanaging money. But and doesn't not she accounting. have primary responsibility as uh, Metro Council President yes. for garbage. Yes, for garbage. I, yes, as like far that as is uh, garbage is a massive failing in this yeah. community. She is she is the the stolen land lady. That's her jam. Like she is. Oh, we're um, on the stolen land. Of she the... is, she is, and her opponent Alyssa has a business background. Um, is just I think pragmatic and practical and yeah. i think that um, wants to get garbage cleaned up and do her job right and she is also her platform is aligned with terry 
Craig Rigsby, who's running for a different metro seat. And that's that we'll what get I have to. next on my ballot. Metro yeah. Councilor District 6. So Elisa for president. Yeah. Elisa for Metro Council President. I've got Terry for Metro Council. And Counselor. this is a good this is a good example of when you you know, before you think I'm some, you know, tinfoiled nut job about these nonprofits, the opponent running against Terry, who was appointed, who who is not remotely qualified. Terry just sent me a message about this. Have you heard about yes. that conflict? Yes. He he is the head or the second in command of a nonprofit that has received a shitload of money in metro contracts and he would not step down when he when this came up so willamette week recently covered this nigel jockless actually did may 4th 2022 sort of the tribune it says it's a very the terry pre rigsby gave a interview to willamette week about this because they asked her asked his opponent duncan wang uh is the one who operates these nonprofits that get money from the agency and it's become an issue because terry argues that creates a conflict of interest and willamette week says that uh the incumbent counselor duncan wang who's also interim co-director of asian pacific american network of oregon that is his nonprofit that receives grant funding from metro and terry argues it's a conflict because it's important for leaders to be above reproach uh terry pre rigsby worked as a performance auditor for the Oregon Secretary of State. She's held elected office for 16 years as a member of West Multnomah Water and Soil Conservation District Board. So even Willamette Week says, quote, although she's got an obvious motivation to criticize her opponent, she knows something of what she speaks, unquote. He also... That's saying a lot. The nonprofit Apano that he works for um, a few years ago uh, was the subject of a agency-wide sexual harassment uh, uh, employee discrimination situation where they um, hired an outside firm to investigate who found that technically, my understanding is that technically there were no violations, but that they really needed to clean up their act. And if I recall, he was encouraged to step down and didn't at that time. Um, So he knows who's asked to kiss, that's how he got this appointment, because I don't think he is remotely qualified for this position, especially when we're talking about tens of millions of dollars. And, I mean, Terry has been for decades a civic civic activist. Um, she also works for a very reputable nonprofit that serves the refugee community. She's very knowledgeable about environmental issues, which if there was any local agency that where you would even... Uh, be able to say yes they touch on environmental issues um it's metro uh so i this one he's getting all the love and again what people should do is anyone basically that willamette week or the mercury endorses vote the opposite which is what happened here um the oregonian endorsed her as they did renee so i think this is a no-brainer people duncan has got to go I want to be sure that we um, point this out for those people who are, um, you mentioned it briefly, I think, Karen, that the U.S. Supreme Court had a leaked opinion on Roe versus Wade, the potential overruling of that decision that um, held that it's a constitutional right uh, under the 
some combination of the 14th and other amendments, um, to, to have a, a, a right to um, abortion in the first trimester. I, w- I want to be sure people don't vote for Tina Kotak in this primary, thinking that the right to abortion is under assault in some way in Oregon. Can I say something about that real Please, quickly? Please, I think it's timely and important. And I've gotten a lot of messages yeah. so, from people terrified to vote for anybody right. but Tina because of that. Some people think that they're... Is that if Roe versus Wade is overruled, which again we have no idea what's ultimately going to happen, um, that that will mean that there are limitations on abortion in the state of Oregon, and that is absolutely not the case. Oregon's the only state in the country that has absolutely no restrictions on abortion, and it and you know as best I can tell, there's zero. Um, enthusiasm for restrictions on abortion they get proposed every once in a while things like parental notification um, spousal notification and those are consistently get nowhere so abortion in this state is really not an issue when you're talking about voting um, in the primaries and so I I just Tina Kotak is not going to do a daggum thing for you you need to look at other issues Abortion is just not an issue in this election. I've received questions about Christine Drazen. I think you know more about her, Amanda, than I do. Do you know her position I on abortion? I think she's pro-choice-ish. I mean, I think virtually everyone except Stan Pulliam on the um, right is supportive of choice in some fashion. But, I mean, this is the woman who is the, uh, now the, talking about this, uh, Christine Drazen is a representative um, in the state legislature currently representing, like, Plaquemines County. This is not somebody with um, super right-wing views. As far as her views on these sorts of issues go, um, she's pretty centrist and sane, and I think she's much more interested in things like bringing down taxes, which I can completely get behind given the way this community and state throws money out the window um she's not she's not a firebrand on these hot button issues like gay rights abortion i mean things that i think are just kind of there's a settled consensus in this state around certain issues gay rights is one of them um abortion and the the right to access to abortion i think that's another one so I, I just don't vote on an issue that doesn't matter. Yeah, is what I've got I would an say. OPB article here that Amanda's right. Everybody, there's an OPB article here that says most Republicans vying to be Oregon's next governor applaud possible restrictions on abortion. This is May third, twenty twenty two, and Christine is not listed there. It's Pulliam, Tiernan, Bridget Barton, Amber Richardson, and Bill Sizemore. That's that. Those are the people that are listed. Period. And There's, can I also say how offensive it is that that fucking Stan Pulliam couldn't decide whether he wanted to be a swinger or not, but he thinks he's going to be the moral (laughs) determinant on the issue of abortion. I mean, you can't figure out whether you want to fuck people other than your wife, and you think you get to talk to me about abortion? And I think he's the most aggressive about it. He is. It's like, oh, my God. It's these kind of crazy people. In fact, he criticizes Drazen for not being strong enough against abortion. I I bet she doesn't think she should be sleeping with people other than her husband. (laughs) <laughs> so it's not a good trait for somebody on the right yeah that's no for sure. for like go find another party values. right so, so just everybody there is oregon has is the my understanding is the we are the only state in the country that has no restrictions None. on abortions 
that will not change at right. all. There is no risk it's of, not under threat. of women having not having access to abortion or whatever reproductive choices that they make in Oregon. So do not believe Kotech or your friends when they say you have to vote for her because she's the strongest on choice. Right. It's just BS. Total BS. Yes. Total BS. Um, but it's, they're going to use it as a scare tactic. They're and, going and to use it as a scare, scare tactic. And Kotech will stump on that. Kotech yes. will stump on that. Speaking of Kotech. Yeah, we, we got to go. We got to sign off, everybody. Okay, are there any others that we need to get to? I, my ballot's done. Mine's okay. done, too. Okay, thanks, everybody. Everybody See you next time. vote. Also, it is incredibly important to vote because there's a very limited number of people who vote. You, your, your vote makes a difference in a number of these races. I mean, yeah. the, it, statistically, yeah. it's an outsized vote. Basically, the only people who vote are people like 50 to 70. Right. We, we really, I, we from the bottom of our hearts, par- parents, please, I think, need please to vote. And can we come back after and talk about who won? And Yeah, we'll do a rehash episode. Well, okay. And then we're going to need alcohol. to do a general episode oh, yeah. for the general election. Yeah. yeah. And our, our yes. recommendations may well change for the general. This yes. is just to get That's us right. through this is the, primary, the period of insanity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And come out Sunday, uh, Migration Brewing on Gleason and 28th and meet Shariah and and Stephen, get some yard signs and go to their websites to figure out how you can help their campaigns. They need you. Okay, thanks everybody. Thanks Amanda, thanks Jennifer. Thank you.